Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And where is it? Is it that one? Nope, not that one. He's new to this, guys. I, I apologize. Am, I am very new to this, apparently. This is the uh, Shaker's Block. No, it's not that one. Man, I apologize to everybody watching us live. What video? Oh, that's me. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. Put down your pens. Put down your pencils. Step away from the keyboards and settle in for this week's episode of the Writer's Block. And get off of your Star Trek Fleet Command get, uh, yes. mobile game where you can add me and join my alliance, Omega Convention. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm already regretting this. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, settle in for this week's episode of the Writer's Block. First and foremost, allow me to thank Muddied Waters Media for allowing me to do this show. I know, don't look at me like that. I know, it's my, it's my show, and it's my company. Oh, I get it. okay. Also, I would like to thank Don and Sally Wright for giving birth to me, because... Thank you, Don. Thank you. You're an awesome guy. It's true. Thank you, Mama Sally. <laughs> and thank you to Low Tide Cava Bar For the cava we're about to drink For the cava we're about to drink on today's episode Bula. Bula. Uh, 
Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. So uh, today we're doing a little bit of a kind of a reunion-y, a little bit of a reunion-y kind of episode show thingy. Sure. Right? But this is the the reunion of the original Muddied Waters of Freedom hosts. Muhammad Shaker, welcome. Welcome to the writer's block. I didn't get a nickname. It's a different show. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is a different show. It's yes, a... it's the Shaker's Block. Right. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the shaking right. Okay. Uh, explain to me real quick what's going on here. What is this? What's going on here? Oh, Facebook. Oh, yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah, this is all the sites that we stream to. We're streaming live on Facebook, on YouTube, and Periscope is Twitter. So we're streaming live to all of them. And I can control it all from that. That's get... awesome. See, the show got so much better when I left. Yeah, I know. It did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Um, but yeah, so uh, welcome welcome back. It's good. It, this is the second time you've been in the studio in a week. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I don't think we did that when you were one of the hosts. I just came back on just so people can see my haircut. I don't look, no, you look good. homeless anymore. No. See, like when you grow your beard out massively... I hate it, but when it's there, it, <laughs> when you have it at this level where it's neatly trimmed and it doesn't look all jihadi, fit enough. Yeah, I, I I enjoy that. That's actually a good look. Yeah, thank you. That's a good look for you, and uh, you should definitely try to keep it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spike Cohen uh, just commented. He said, "This is what we do, Mo. We thank Muddied Waters Media for allowing us to exist, and we <laughs> and technically we have to thank Mo." Because he made us do this initially. Per, yeah. <laughs> I made you do it. Yeah. I didn't make Spike do it. No, you, you <laughs> I asked Spike to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we, we just kind of asked him. Yeah. So uh, normally on this show, I don't know if you've ever, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this show. I may have seen one episode, but I don't think so. Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but normally we do a... Uh, it's just kind of a long form interview. And normally it's when people have uh, something they want to push, promote, you know, something like that. So like if you had a book out that you wanted to push, like for say a book called, can you keep a secret? Uh-huh. Uh, you'd be able to push it here on this show. Yeah. Um, but you don't. Uh, <laughs> so instead, <laughs> unless you have something you want to push that. Nah. I don't, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, so, Unless, uh, so what I figured is a while ago, a little bit over, uh, probably about a year ago, year and a half ago, you and I did an episode called Getting to Know Matt and Mo. Yeah. And basically we just kind of had a conversation for an hour where we talked about our lives and told stories and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And, uh, people told us it was one of our best episodes that we ever did, Mm -hmm. which, um, you know, that's cool. Uh, Yeah, you know, don't listen to us talk about politics for an hour. Listen to us <laughs> tell the stupid stories about our life. But uh, I figured that we could kind of do something like that again because we always said we were going to do a second, we were going to do a follow up, and we never, yeah, we never followed up on that. Which makes no sense, man, because like on Facebook, at least on Facebook, I post a stupid political thing, especially if it's a meme. Like, it's going to get, like, 200 likes and a bunch of shares. If I post something a little bit more serious, nobody, nah. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. It's funny. The uh, 
like Facebook memories is awesome at showing you what your friends like that you post and what they yeah. don't like. And if I post anything personal, it's like three likes. Yeah. Except unless it has to do with my sobriety. If it's, if, if it's like, Oh yeah, if I've just passed four years sober. Yeah. Like, my, yeah. Mine had, mine would be the depression posts. Right. <laughs> but if it's anything, if it's anything other than that, people don't really care. So, uh, I figure we should just jam it down their throats today, live on the air. Yeah, and uh, be like, no, you're gonna you're gonna listen to us talk about ourselves for <laughs> an hour. So, uh, I actually don't remember how we started that episode. I probably should have done some more research on it. I was just like, ah, this will go naturally. <laughs> self research, <laughs> self research. Let's do some research into ourselves. Um, so, this weekend, actually. We are going to be at the uh, Low Tide Cava Bar Charity Ball. Yep. Yep. And the charity this year is for a very... Have they ever came on? Operation? Yeah. Operation Regroup has been on this show. Okay, good. Yeah. So it has been for a charity that we we both care about. We like the people involved in it. It's Operation Regroup. Uh, They were on one of the episodes of the Writer's Block a while ago. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was like 12-ish. but very, very important, very important group. Very great guys. Yeah. And uh, if you happen to be in Pinellas County this weekend, come by the Low Tide Charity Ball. You'll be able to see Muhammad Yus- with a hot date. Muhammad Yusef Shaker uh, <laughs> and me dressed dressed up unbelievably well. And Muhammad is apparently coming with a hot date. I'm excited, man. Are you kidding me? I, hey, and I don't... You should be excited. <laughs> my hot date's right here. <laughs> like, this is my hot date that night. And uh, for all of you listening, I was motioning to my hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you you and my very close friends and... So I, I joke about it on Facebook when I, like... I've joked about it a few times where I'm like, yeah, there's a problem... With army guys or military guys where we're like brave enough to go to war and, you know, jump on airplanes and all that. And then I can't ask a girl out. But, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, also pretty much everybody knows I've got some. Oh, I almost said the S word. Oh, see, I'm already learning. Yeah. See, look, you're, you're, you're getting, you're catching uh, on. <laughs> no more bad words. This is going to be so hard. I know. It- <laughs> Trust me, it's not because it I started this <laughs> bad word thing. I know it, it was almost me. So and then you looked at me bad because your mom. <laughs> I think yeah, it was like our first our first episode, which we were just doing a, um, which we were just doing a, what you call it? Uh, we were just recording it. Mm-hmm. We were sitting in this room. Yeah, we were sitting in this room at that at the desk over there, and we were recording it nervously sitting around there. And all of a sudden, you just dropped an f bomb, and I was like, "Man, what if my mom listens to this show? <laughs> crap!" Like, but then I quickly realized that my mom doesn't listen to this show, <laughs> so it didn't matter. Why, Mama Sally? <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't matter whether or not we cursed on the show. And then after. Uh, over the last couple of months, when Spike's come onto the show, he and I had a discussion about it, and we were kind of like, "Well, let's let's cut that out. Let's let's not do that anymore." And Spike's not a big; he doesn't cuss a lot anyway. Um, that I've noticed. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. I mean, you know, it's just 
Cursing is it's a sign of intelligence. Probably better but, that we don't cuss. Yes, it is. It is probably better that we don't. Um, so, oh yeah. Um, just to continue my point real quick. Okay. Um, about the hot date or? Well, that you know, depression. You know, everybody knows I have depression and I hate it, and uh, I think everybody hates it too. Yeah. To them, yeah. Whether it's to themselves or family members or me. And, you know, depression has made my life, like, super hard to the point that I had to leave the show. Um, and I've been on my... This is the first time this ever happened. been on my medication for, like, five months now. It's always been, like, two months and then I'm off. Or a month and then I'm off. Um, and I've been going to my psychologist um, just the same amount of time. You know, I started a 16-week program with her called Interpersonal Therapy, IPT. It's a, I already said 16-week program. Right. And I'm a third of the way through that. And, oh my God, it's helping. I, I'm, com- I'm surprised that it's working. To the point that I asked a girl to come to the ball with me. Yes. That is not something I would have done. And you know this because I, I always... I do know this. I'll be on... Uh, uh, shut up. Um, it's okay, crap. Buddy. I'll be. It's, op- it's okay. Buddy. Yeah, I'll be. Op- I'll be. Op- you know, I'll be a little bit more open about it. Even I'm sure it's obvious enough that I have a hard time with women. Um, and yeah, I I actually asked a girl to come to the ball with me, a very cute one. Yeah, you she's, know, she's attractive. Yeah, so I think there have been a lot of uh um. There has been a lot of progress with my depression. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. It just I I'm doing a lot better than I usually have been. No, absolutely. And you know, like you can't really strive for perfection. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, you can't strive for, for for perfection. You can only strive to get better. Yeah. And like so, last last year, right around this exact time, uh, you you will remember this probably very well. I was also going through my own series of depression and struggles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was, uh, definitely, yeah, I, I was going through a very difficult time and I wanted to be back to normal and I wanted to be perfect, but I knew, I knew that I couldn't be like in my head. I knew I couldn't be, I could only try to get better. And that was the best a year ago. Is that when I started working at low tide? Yeah. And I stopped. I actually don't remember you going through that. You don't remember? Well, yeah, you didn't show up to the show for a month. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, I need, like, I left Low Tide, and you you know all the reasons that I left Low Tide. Yes. Um, I left Low Tide. I was in a dark spot. Uh, yeah, like, my only really good friends were you who disappeared on me for a month. <laughs> And um, Adam Freeman, who's been on this show a few times, who's, you know, he's not even that great of a friend. He's just kind of there. Uh, <laughs> I'm only saying that because TJ is watching. Um, <laughs> oh, what up, TJ? And uh, TJ is one of uh, our good friends. He's a veteran from the United States Navy. No, he's good not. Good to see you. He's the Army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He's, he's a calm guy in the Army. <laughs> um. He's actually the reason that the internet works so well at this house. Uh, <laughs> he is. He, he set it all up. Um, 
But yeah, and then TJ, so TJ was kind of my only friend and then he did something that pissed me off too. And so it was like, I seemed to have lost everybody about a year ago and like, I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, uh, what, how I was going to be able to make it. And, you know, it, it took a lot of, it took a lot of hard work and it took a lot of struggling and it took a lot of me making a lot of mistakes and saying a lot of stupid things and doing a lot of stupid things to get to a point where I felt like I was finally myself again. And while people may not see it that way and they may say that I've changed or whatever. Yeah, of course I've changed. Everybody changes. We Everybody. All yeah, we grow, we change, we, we, you evolve. Yeah. And you learn from the mistakes that you've made. You've learned from, you know, past experiences. And then after you've learned from these things, you, you change, you change as a person. Anybody mm -hmm. who doesn't is just lying. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know the quote, so I'm not even going to try, but Muhammad Ali has some kind of quote about a person not changing and how that's like, not a good thing. Yeah, it's um, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, everybody, everybody out there, we're all gonna, we're all gonna deal with it. We're all gonna have to struggle with it at some point. And the best you can do, you can't strive for perfection. Your perfection does not exist as a person. I am probably the closest there is, and. It's just about whether or not you can be happy with who you are as a person at the time. And yes. a year ago, no, I wasn't happy with who I was as a person. I was fucking miserable. Um, I hated, I hated myself. I hated everything that was going on in my life. I hated pretty much everybody that I knew. Uh, and that's why we left. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I hated you because you left. Um, <laughs> but like all of this stuff was going on and it took me a while to finally realize that I needed to be happy with myself before I could be happy with any of my friends. And they, uh, after enough time, I kind of started realizing which friends are the ones I can lean on. Which Is there friends? anything you had to work on on yourself? Cause not everyone's perfect. I mean, shit up. There I go again. I mean, I said fuck earlier, so it's, oh. this show's already out the water. <laughs> um, even I realized that there's a lot of things I've had to work on, you know? Is is there something that you recognize? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Oh, no, you're fine. Way. No, this is actually kind of what I wanted for this. No, uh, it's... Yeah, there there's a lot of things that I've needed to work on in myself. Uh, I know that... Since, I've, since I was a little kid, I've had an anger problem. Like, I've known that. And I kind of started to realize that what was getting me to um, control that was the way that I was self-medicating mm -hmm. with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And now that I don't have the drugs and alcohol, now that I don't have the drugs and alcohol, yeah, I had to learn how to do that on my own. Yeah, I, had, I actually told my psychologist... Um, that and my psychologist is awesome. Like she's awesome. I love her. Um, not like not the typical, you know, VA psychologist that people would assume, but I told her, I was like, well, ma'am, I, 
I treat kava the way drug addicts and alcoholics treat their drugs. Right. You know, because three times now I have drank so much kava that, and if you guys don't know, but you probably do by now, kava is a, one of the main things uh, is it's a, uh, symptoms is, uh, um, it's a muscle relaxer, very mild, very it's, mild. It's a mild muscle relaxer. Yeah. And when, as the more you drink, the more muscle relaxers going through your system. So I, I, I've had three times now where I've drank so much kava that I fell. Right. Yeah. Not because I'm drunk. It's, it's not the same as being drunk. No, okay. Like I knew everything that was happening to the fall and after the fall, you know, like, right. <laughs> it. Adam Freeman put it kind of the best way of it's the feeling of being intoxicated with the complete knowledge of what you are doing and saying. And that's actually pretty accurate. Like if I fall, if I would get drunk and fall down, I may not know. Exactly. But if, and I've never gotten so muddy that I've fallen, but like I've definitely had it where my knees buckled on me. Yeah. And But I knew, and that's where it was like, oh, I should probably, I should probably stop uh, yeah. for a little bit. She told me, is this something we need to work on? And I told her, honestly, ma'am, no, I'm not, because I'm not going to stop drinking it. It's something I'm going to have to do on my own. And it is something I'm doing on my own. I've been, I'm back in my phase of cutting down on how much kava I drink. Thanks to the help of one of my friends, Brett Gary, who works at one of the kava bars. He, um... First day, the first day I went back after a five day hiatus, I was like, five days, I'm not going to go do anything or drink any kava, you know, and he limited me to one shell an hour. And I was like that. No, that's that's like that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And even Giorgio, one of one of my other good friends was like, come on, man, at least do it one shell every 20 minutes. (laughs) And then he agreed. And then. Now, now that I've been no, now that I've been uh, t- doing kava uh, uh, responsibly, <laughs> I, I, I like how you say doing kava like it's heroin. You're right. Yeah, doing. Ca- <laughs> I've been doing the kava. Now that I've been shelling kava. Yeah. <laughs> now that I've been drinking kava responsibly, um, it's funny because uh, up until recently, kratom was uh, illegal in Tennessee. Yes, and I now, remember. Yeah, now it's legal again. But I, since I would go up there every once in a while, I would uh, bring, I would bring a bunch with me. I would smuggle this illicit drug into Tennessee, and uh, I would just give it to my friends because they couldn't get it. And uh, they uh, would text me, or they they would text me, or they would call me after I left. And then, yeah, so last night we were doing kratom, and I'm like, dude, you, you don't do kratom. You drink kratom. Yes. <laughs> you, you don't do it's. <laughs> You're you're not mainlining this stuff, man. You're you're just drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't do alcohol. Yeah, that's just a language thing, though. You I know, know. I know it's funny. Whether you're drinking alcohol, smoking a cigarette, or doing heroin, you know, like you're doing all of it. It's all the same. You're I mean, yeah. you're using a a thing that has a drug that you like. Right. And so, I, like, I'm doing, I'm doing, you're doing tobacco, right? I'm doing nicotine. Right. And, and I'm doing the vape. 
I'm doing the vape and you're doing the the, the dip. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, Shauna. Anyways, continue. Hey, Shauna. Um, sorry, Spike. Don't be upset about this. We love you. Um, <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> sure what he's upset about. I just saw him very upset about this. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah. Maybe because you invited me on the show before he invited me on his show when he said I would be invited on his show months ago. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. That could his be loss. It. Yeah. Man, we could have had a complete uh, Muhammad Shaker week. <laughs> you could have been on all three shows this week. But his sp- loss? Yeah, his loss. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I de- there were definitely things that I needed to work on and that I, you know, that I struggled with. It wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. Yeah. It wasn't anything that I enjoyed doing. And, you know, like getting away to Alaska to help me get away from everything for a while definitely helped. Mm-hmm. And coming back from Alaska, I probably came back a little earlier than I should have. But, you know, the break was definitely needed. And it kind of allowed me to look at things and be like, okay, I need to work on these things about myself. And I've been doing that. Yeah. You know, like they say that when you quit drinking or doing drugs or, you know, whenever you go sober, you're supposed to take time off from uh, any sort of romantic relationship for a while in order to get to know yourself as a person again. Yeah. Because you're you are now who you were when you started doing all of this stuff, which means when I quit four years ago. I reverted back to me being 18, which isn't that big of a stretch because I'm immature. Yeah. But I mean, I still reverted back to who I was at 18, which meant now I got to deal with all the anger that I had when I was 18. I had to deal with all the emotions that I had when I was 18 because I'd just been burying them under a sea of, you know, uh, marijuana, ecstasy, cocaine, alcohol, heroin, ketamine, LSD, mushrooms, PCP, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it would, the past year has just been a completely insane learning experience for me because I've now been forced to have to deal with everything because I jumped it right into relationship and I was doing relationship hopping. And for the last year, I've been like, no, I can't. Yeah. So No, that's good, man. That's that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good to recognize that. Everybody has something that they need to work on uh, internally, but what? I was going to say real lonely now because it's been a year. Oh. But, but you know, it's it's all for the greater good. So that way when I do meet somebody that I do want to date in the future, I at least know that I will be prepared to do that with them. Yeah, yeah. And you're getting a little bit older and the 16-year-olds are still around. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that that's that's a joke. <laughs> I was gonna say you're everybody's gonna go, wait, what? It... <laughs> Matt's one of those libertarians that doesn't believe in age of consent laws. <laughs> <laughs> like uh what's his name? Was it Arvin that was really going hard on some of that stuff yeah, recently? That could have been Arvin. He says a lot of dumb things. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't follow a lot of them. I've I've stopped. Yeah, I I follow my friends. Like I follow my friends, yeah, and then I here. follow like I don't. I really don't follow anybody from the Libertarian Party anymore. Like I follow a few people that you know I've 
created some sort of a bond with. Yeah. But I mean, Sarwark can he can lick my taint. I don't. Yeah. I don't care even yeah. a little bit about that guy. Um, and Arvin, you know, he's toxic. Yeah. And it's just been so sad how members of some members of the Libertarian Party can be so butthurt about some stuff. You know. Um, I still have a lot of followers and fans that are members of the LP. Um, and those are the good ones. Uh, not saying that because they're my fans. Well, actually, technically, that would be true. Um, you know, because I joined the Republican Party and right. I disagree with Sarwark and a lot of the weird stuff I see from the LP. And a lot, a lot of people have ran away and that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's completely fine for them to do that. That's, I, I don't blame anybody ever for leaving the LP. I don't like not even a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you want to leave the LP, go ahead. Like I, I, I full on support you in your decision to do so. Um, just don't leave the LP because don't like, if you're leaving the LP because you're, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Don't leave the LP because you're trying to be a, with a winner. Leave the LP because the LP sucks. Like if you agree philosophically with the LP, you should probably be there and just try to make it better. But I mean, if you don't agree with them philosophically, screw them. Like, yeah, leave. yeah, yeah. Hey, if you don't like the fact that they're allowing socialists and like leave, if you don't like the fact that they're pandering to the alt-right Nazi community, then leave. Like, <laughs> whichever side of the spectrum you hate that they're allowing in and actually working to invite in, yeah, leave. Go somewhere else. Yeah, abs- yeah absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, since, you know, I haven't been on the show for a while, the whole Nazi thing. <laughs> I have a... I have a person that i thought thought was eh, close enough to being a friend an acquaintance in the kava community and right he's been saying some really really wrong stuff and right after the election you know he posted this article about how uh most white women support white supremacy i was like okay this is uh gonna be interesting sorry article no opinion piece opinion piece yeah good. i never even heard of the website it was on and the the base the whole basis of the article is most white women vote republican that's it that's it that's it that's, that's it. it you know and but uh, you know like a week before that he had said Fascism is on the rise. I was like, you don't know what fascism is, bro. Like even the Nazis weren't fascists. Right. And people don't get that. No. You know, so it's like you don't know what fascism is. And I'm and then I was like, I I I was like, dude, that is bonkers. Meaning crazy. Um apparently that was very offensive, but to say something's bonkers? Yeah. But it was bonkers. Well no to say that most white women no, I, I agree support with, white supremacy. I, That's bonkers. But why is that offensive? I don't know, because then he said, F off, Mo. You support horrible people that, su- that support egregious policies. I was like, what? <laughs> 
Okay. Like he uh, he yeah. thinks Ron DeSantis is a fascist. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Conservatives aren't fascists. Now, They're conservative. <laughs> I am not the biggest Charlie Kirk fan. I don't have a problem. With oh, okay. Yeah. I don't have a problem with Charlie Kirk, like per se. But I like I also I, I think he should have stood up for Candace a little bit more. Hashtag Matandas. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, so I don't have a problem with him really personally. I don't agree with him on everything, but I don't like. I'm not out there going, oh, this guy needs to go down, you know, like, whatever. But he actually, one of the things that he goes out and he says uh, quite often that I agree with 100% is that we use terms, okay, the left, I'm not even going to say we, the left uses terms like racist, fascist, Nazi, whatever. They use them so often that they are dumbing them down to a point that they mean nothing. Exactly. And it's like when you're saying Ron DeSantis is a fascist. No, he's not. No. (laughs) In fact, that is an insult to every real fascist out there. (laughs) It's like, no, you can't. Don't put him in our group. We worked hard to murder millions of people. Yeah. We aren't here to allow, you don't get to put DeSantis in this group who, I don't know if he's killed anybody or not, but if he did, I'm guessing it's less than 10. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you you don't get to throw him into the mix with us. And it's same thing with racist. Like you say anything, anything at all online, you're a racist. That's become one of my favorite jokes is anytime somebody says anything with the word white in it, I say they're racist. Oh, so you're just turning the game on them? Yeah, it's like, even if they're like, oh yeah, the, the that shade of paint is off-white, you're racist. <laughs> anything, anything, it doesn't matter. You can just say anything's racist nowadays. And it, and it just dumbs it down so much because if somebody's a racist, I want to know that they're a racist. If somebody's a pedophile, I want to know that they're a pedophile. Somebody, I want to know these things so I don't go to their business. So that way I don't give them, you know, I don't support them, even accidentally. I just don't want anything to do with them. But if everybody's a racist, then you don't really know if anybody really is a racist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, So one of my friends had posted this meme. You know, about how, like, if you say, I'm not a racist, but, you know, I'm just like, well, I'm not a racist, but. (laughs) Well, but the reason people say that is because anything you say could be considered racist now. Right. And I'm like, they have to sort of defend themselves ahead of time. And then my friend said, well, it makes it worse. And I agree. And I told them that what I do is I just say what's on my mind now. And it, and then if somebody tries to accuse me of racism, I turn around on them. I was like, because I didn't think of it in a race, in a race, racial manner. You just did. Right. You, you turned it into that. Yeah. Kind of like how a lot of people on the left will say some, <laughs> they don't think it is, but they'll say some really racist shit. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. I know. Like one of the most, the best examples of this is like that video of uh, um, voter ID cards and how they went around asking like white liberals um, if 
it should be okay to have wider uh, voter ID laws. And they're like, no, because the blacks, they didn't say it like that. Right. No, but basically the blacks can't, uh, don't know where the DMV is to get, to get a car, a card, or they don't have internet access. They don't know how to use the internet. And then they went around asking black people. <laughs> <laughs> What do they mean we don't know where the DMV yeah. is? <laughs> they think we're that dumb? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, there was an article there was an article that came out last last week, last Friday or Saturday. I don't remember exactly when it came out. Um but, oh, I, I have to I have to stop you real quick. Okay. Uh this show is sponsored by the greatest sci-fi movie of all time and the favorite movie of presenters, Dreamcatcher. Hi Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> um this is a this is has been this has been a, a long time running joke yeah, now. that that is a very long running joke on, yeah. <laughs> on this show um but uh but yeah so there was an article that came out and in it it said that white liberals tend to dumb down their words when talking to minorities where conservatives don't Really? Yeah. I'd love to see that. I'll look it up later. Yeah. Um, like, it, again, this is just a basic conversation that we're having. We had zero notes for this show. We're just having a well, conversation. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm letting them know, mainly. Oh. Um, but, you know, we have zero notes for this show, so everything's just kind of off the cuff. But, yeah, no, I was reading this article, and, yeah, they were saying that they will use lesser language in order to not appear racist, which... <laughs> Does appear racist. You are now saying you think they aren't as smart as you, which yep. makes you racist. Yep. <laughs> Where if you're a white conservative or somebody on the right and you are using just the normal language that you would use when talking to anybody. Yep. Like the liberals will be like, oh, you're talking down to him. It's like, no. I'm you not, are. You are. I'm not being condescending. You are. <laughs> I think they know these words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I get made fun of about my vocabulary a lot in basic conversation because they're like, who even knows that word? And I'm like, how do you not know that word? Are you, are you stupid? Yeah. It's funny, man. I've had a couple rides with... Cops. Typic- <laughs> typically older blacks will talk about politics. Um, and a lot of them talk about... But by the way, you're that one is dying. Which one? The the one right beside you. It was at twenty like ten minutes ago. Now it's at nine. Oh, Jesus. Um, that being laptop. Right. Yeah, I was like that. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you saw that. I thought I plugged that in. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of them were talking about how like the way they get treated or used when it comes to politics. A lot of them don't hate cops. Like uh, it was very open, uh, eye-opening. Um, I just I've been so I've been getting into like rap and hip hop, but like '90s, you know. Okay, so 80s. so the good stuff. Yeah, '80s and '90s. I've been listening to like a lot of Vanilla, mainly Ghetto Boys. Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> I don't know that. Stop. I, collaborate yet. and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention. Something grabs no. a hold of me tightly. Uh, flow like a daily or nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo. I don't know, to okay. the extreme. Fair and enough. And I love. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know mainly, mainly ghetto boys and couple of uh, 
you know, uh, Tupac, stuff like that. Um, Eric B and Rakim, definitely, I've always loved them. And there's a song that the Ghetto Boys have that I'm sure you've heard called Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster. Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster. Yes. And listening to the lyrics of that thing, like, I didn't know how the song was going to go. And I, I was completely blown away by how, by how it went. And so I asked a couple of couple of my black friends about it and what they think, you know, and a lot of them. Well, I asked them if they thought that the music changing from those kind of lyrics to what it is right now, if that's part of the contribution to problems in the African-American community. And that's the thing. It's racist to talk about that. Right. But I've never had a black person ever assume I was racist because I asked questions like that about the problems in the African-American community. Even they talk about it. One time, uh, uh, an older woman that was in, in my in uh, an Uber passenger was telling me how, like, no, the cops, they help protect us and blah, 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 because a lot of these gangbangers out there, like, you know? And anyway, so that, that was such a Trumpian sentence that you just said there. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, I like that. Like, you know, I was talking to the I was talking to one of my black friends the other day <laughs> and uh, we were talking about the cops and the cops are good. Right. They're, <laughs> they're the best cops. They're the best cops yep. out there because, you know, gangbangers. Right. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can I get a complete thought on that, please? You know what I was saying. <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> but um, uh, oh, damn! It feels good to be a gangster, and I can't think of all the lyrics right now. Damn! It feels good to be a gangster, a gangster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't saying that word. Yeah, uh, you know, like a real N word. Don't start fights. You know, uh, when because it's a super group, right? It's a bunch. It's a bunch of other rappers and MCs. Um, one of them was like, damn, it feels good to be a talks about going to church and like the, helping the, yes, feeding, feeding the, the poor, poor and helping pay, out with paying their, their bills. bills. Yeah. Although I was born in Jamaica. Now I'm in the U S making deals. Yes. Damn, yeah. Thank you, Sean Elizabeth Riddle for posting that. So it <laughs> looked like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. But that song is awesome. I was like, you don't hear that anymore. You know, all, all rap right now is Garbage. Garbage. That's my absolute. That's my honest opinion, and I will not retract it. Okay, so real, like, just a quick little offshoot on this. Yeah, all rap is garbage, uh, basically, in my opinion. Um, there has been a lot of flack that rap has been getting recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of flack that rap's been getting recently, uh, mainly because they're talking about banning uh, that baby it's cold outside song yeah. or whatever yeah now well an ohio's an ohio radio station i think it's ohio did remove it from, from their, their list. Yeah. yeah yeah so personally i think that all music has stuff in it that's definitely not appropriate yeah all music genres it does not matter what genre we're talking about but yeah. rap is getting an unfair amount of it yeah um now them talking about banning Baby It's Cold Outside because maybe it's a little date rapey. 
I want to know how many of those people uh, have the Reservoir Dog soundtrack, which has a song that's literally about raping a woman. <laughs> um, but nobody's talking about banning that. No, no, let's ban Baby It's Cold Outside. Yeah. You should stay. Yeah. And then you've got a, a, a principal, uh, Jennifer something. I can't remember. She's from Nebraska. She's, she's a principal in a school in Nebraska. Is banning anything Christmas related in her elementary school. It's offensive to the Muslims. That too. She banned candy canes. Guess why? Does it have to do with a confederacy? No, but that's good. That'd be funny. <laughs> that would be funnier than why, why she did it. She banned it because if you turn it upside down, it's a J, which stands for Jesus. Was that the intention of it? No, being a candy? I don't think it's so. It's a cane. It's a cane. That's yeah, all it is. Yeah, it's a cane. <laughs> but she banned. She banned. Um, she. <laughs> Uh, Spike, watching Matt and Mo talk about gangster rap is the best thing anyone can watch right now. <laughs> she, she, the two whitest guys ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let let me talk about indie indie music for a while, and then I'll get back into gangster rap because uh, I've basically hit my peak on everything I know about gangster yeah. rap. Um, but uh, she, you can't do anything with Santa Claus or reindeer. No Christmas worksheets, no Christmas music, no Christmas uh, carols, no uh, Christmas trees, no like anything like that. No, that's so weird because right? a lot of a lot of black people are pretty religious, right? A lot of definitely Hispanics and right? Latinos, right? They're religious as heck, but They're then Catholic. They, <laughs> they had the list of things that were allowed, and on the list of things that were allowed were. Um, I don't think you couldn't do reindeer. Reindeer was on the no go, was on the no fly list. Why? Because it had to do with Christmas. <laughs> but uh, on the on the pro Olaf from Frozen, which I've never seen, so uh, I think he's the snowman dude. Uh, he was allowed. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was on there. And then there was a a couple of like a couple of other things. But the one that got me was other traditional holidays from around the world. Uh huh. So you could celebrate every holiday there was out there, every single one of them, except for Christmas. That's like you could celebrate Hanukkah, and it would have been fine. But Christmas, no. You could celebrate Kwanzaa, totally cool. But no, not Christmas. Like I'm not a, I'm not really a religious person. I don't really care. Like. I don't decorate my house. I don't get into the pageantry of the entire thing. But I understand that it's something that like 60% of the world celebrates. Absolutely. So why are you... When people call on this war, there's a war on Christmas and all that kind of stuff, I think that's a little dumb. Like Starbucks can make a red cup. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Starbucks can make a red cup if they want. I don't really care. But when you do stuff like this and you're like, no, you can't put Santa or reindeer on the worksheets you're handing out in December... You have a real problem. That is where you're taking this just way too far. Especially if you're like, no, you can't put Santa here that, you know, most of the kids here believe in and want to have like some sort of belief. But you you're saying no, no to Santa. But yeah, sure. You you can do the Hanukkah or the Kwanzaa or the tuck tuck thing. (laughs) The what? I don't know if that's a real thing. Okay, where did you hear it? My tuck tuck. It's. 
it's technically whale blubber. Like, okay, that's that. interesting. <laughs> Will you do me yeah. a favor and hit the H on that keyboard right there? Thanks. Now hit enter. But you don't have the number up. I know, but Spike's trying to call. Oh, okay, fair enough. All right, Spike, you can call in whenever you want, buddy. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, his wife's black. His wife is black. So he would know about rap. See, that's racist. <laughs> that's racist. That is definitely racist. <laughs> Thank you for calling the writer's block. This is Matt. How may I help you? Hi, this is Spike Cohen. Spike! Spike! Cohen, that's a Jewish last name. That is a Jewish last name. It is a Jewish last name. All right, we got the three major religions. I don't think agnostic is one of the major. Islam and agnosticism. You're Christian by extension of your parents. Right, okay, I'll give you that. He's an ethnic Christian. (laughs) I was calling because, A, hearing you two talk about gangster rap is about the most entertaining thing that I can think of. And then also... um, I wanted to talk about the baby it's cold outside thing. Yeah, man. It needs to be talked about. It does. And it I does. Like, yeah, I want to talk about this because when I first, I've heard that song my whole life and never really thought anything of it. And then a couple of years ago when they started, you know, doing their typical cultural Marxism with everything we've ever, you know, heard of in the past and, you know, examining the lyrics and everything. I'm like, man, that sounds kind of rapey. What's in this drink? She even says the answer is no and all this stuff. But then, after like I've I I listen to a lot of people that are like music historians and I mean these are traditionally people of the left so you know that they're certainly not going to try to you know give a traditionalist bent or whatever but they said that actually during that time when it was written in the 1940s first of all it was written by a guy for him and his wife to sing at parties before they went and sold it to MGM so he, he didn't write a song about raping his wife um, yeah. the whole the whole thing with it was that. It was about the. Uh, by the way, this this sh- uh, show is now about gay rape. No, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's totally fine. That's <laughs> like, what I called it. Yeah, rape is bad. By the way, we rape, here rape. at Money Water Media completely get rape. Um, we have to say that. We have every, to say that like every show every now. Episode, we have to say that we're against rape. We're against rape because here. We talk about rape so much. Yeah, we, um, we, we do talk about rape a lot. Like a lot. We're very rape heavy programming. Um, but the, so the, during the context of the 1940s, like pre-war, actually this would have been just post-war. It wasn't socially acceptable for a like woman World, to World be War II? drinking I'm sorry. alone. World War Two. I just was, I'm trying to get the time frame. Yeah, down. yeah. So this would have been like the mid to late 1940s. Okay. So this was yeah the post-war somewhat. So women were somewhat liberated. This would have been you know the end of first wave feminism, the beginning of second wave feminism. The idea at that time, the prevailing idea in society would have been that it was unacceptable for a single woman to be drinking alone at night with a man. Right. right. So yes. the whole point of the song, when she's saying what's in that drink, that was a common thing that women would say almost sarcastically to be like, oh, I didn't know there was alcohol in this drink. Right. Um, and like, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, my brother's going to be waiting up. Or my, you know, my, you know, my mom's going to be waiting or whatever. It wasn't about date raping a teenager. It was about like a, a, a young adult woman with a young adult man who was, you know, playing this sort of flirty cat and mouse game of, oh, well, I guess I'll stay because it's cold outside. Because, like, I mean, that's a reason to stay somewhere, right? Right. So th- th- that was the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, so 
I, I have, I, I have can, I have definitely stayed places because it was cold outside. Oh, I'm from the south. I'm, I'm <laughs> inside right now because it's cold outside. I'm just saying, like, if she went there, it's cold still. Right. It was cold when she went there. Like, that's so. I mean, and now she's she's been drinking, so she's gonna be warmer. So if anything, the song could end with her saying, "Well, I've been drinking, and now it's warmer." So bye. That's my singing. <laughs> so. I now understand why you like rap so much. Because I'm such a good singer, right? Yeah, because your 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 singing skill is no, because just... his wife's. <laughs> no, what's funny is my wife hates rap, and I'm the like stereotypical black person in the marriage. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was just being sarcastic, man. No, I know, I know. If this no, wasn't no, a live show, I had like Canadian, six so good jokes for that. Um, yeah, so if this wasn't a live show that I had like six good jokes for that statement. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so like, it is a live show. It is a live show. So I ain't saying, uh, but like the Everly brothers back in the fifties came out with a song called wake up little Susie. Um, and it was about this guy, one of the Everly brothers. I'm not sure which, maybe both. I don't know what they were into. And they had Susie. (laughs) They had little Susie over and they were watching a movie and they both fell asleep and it was like 4 a.m. when they woke up and he's like freaking out because he doesn't want her reputation to be damaged. Exactly. And like the it's cold outside is the exact same thing. It's like it's cold outside. You probably Mm. shouldn't leave. But at the same time, you should also not stay like it, it. it was trying it to was, figure out. Yeah, it was like we we know that we both know that it's like not a good idea socially for you to be here, but it's just really really cold outside, and there's no cabs, and and oh, I didn't know there was alcohol in the street. Like, I mean, it's 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 like a real it's it's at that time it would have been seen as like a very women's liberating thing that she had the audacity to to play in this little flirty game and and stay over at a guy's house. That yeah, she's not yeah, right. yeah, like. Yeah, baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. Technically, is like the women's suffrage movement of one night stands. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, exactly. Um, she was the Susan B. Anthony of thoughts. Right. So, anyway, I'll let you guys Su- go. Susan I'm really B. Anthony thought. Me. Big time fan, long time fan. Glad I got, glad hey, you let me on. You know, but, glad you're a fan. I just want to, <laughs> glad you're a fan. Yeah, thank I you. just wanted, thank you. Th- and I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to talk about that because I have become that annoying person that corrects everyone about babies cold outside this this holiday season. And, and it, sh- you need to be that annoying person because we have way too many people out there who are like, no, we need totally to be rapey. We, yeah, it's a rapey song. Okay, <laughs> no, look seriously, I'm gonna get you. Is a no, song. there's implied consent. <laughs> not that one. I'm, I'm talking about. I was going to say, I'm going to get you. There is definitely not implied consent. Either. I'm going to well, get you. Unless, he, unless you say it to the person, then implied consent. Because <laughs> if you don't run away after he says that, you're you're okay with being Yeah, what's got... the person you're getting consent, though? I was going to say earlier when you joked about 16-year-old girls, I was going to write... What if the teenage girl consents, though? But the thing is, no one would know I was joking. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that's 
As soon as he said that joke, I was like, man, we're going to have to explain Dude, it. it's, it's such low-hanging fruit when I see commies and socialists like talking about it so much. They're like, oh, libertarians are all about five-year-olds consenting. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. We absolutely aren't about five year olds consenting. <laughs> like when Austin Peterson no, got booed at the debate mm-hmm. because he said he didn't think that uh five year olds should be or we should be able to sell heroin to five year olds. Was, was like, that the question, by the way, five year olds? Yeah, that's what he got booed for. Yeah. They, he said should they said should five year olds be able to buy heroin? And he said no. And he got booed. I mean, I'll I'll put it out there. It's going to be on the internet forever, including for when I possibly run for office. Obviously, right? Uh, yeah, they should. But where? How? They can do it now, but they're not. So there's there's two different questions. Should five year olds be able to buy? And I'm an anarchist. Should five year olds be able to buy heroin? No. No. Should there be a law about it? No. no. But like, exactly. Well, yes, parent, exactly. You know, and it your just parent stops you because you're five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, <laughs> some uh, one of the libertarian pages I follow had posted something. I don't remember what it was, and somebody commented, "Why do libertarians care about about what this thing?" And we've talked about this before. Libertarians can talk about. What people can, or I'm sorry, what people should and shouldn't do. We're right, we're right. just we don't want to pass a law to enforce said thing as long as it's not hurting anybody else. That's why there are libertarians that really hate all the drugs, but they don't want to ban any of them. Right, and they right. think I nobody think so. should use drugs. Right. That's exactly. still libertarian. I think, I, yeah, I don't think that there's really much. Uh, there's not really anything redeeming about getting intoxicated on a regular basis, but I don't want anyone to be caged for it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tell people all the time, I say, hey, look, you should be able to buy um, nuclear-tipped grenade launchers from your toddler's (laughs) gay heroin dealer. Right, and I mean... We are the three smartest people... (laughs) In the world. In the world. Best podcast In the world. In the world. And it's like when people are like... When people talk about uh no you shouldn't be able to drink if you're under the age of 21 i'm like yeah yeah you should like (laughs) yeah absolutely if if i was a bar owner and i wanted to make a really bad business decision and allow 15 year olders in there to get drunk like i understand that's a bad business decision yeah you're gonna go out of business exactly yeah because i mean how long is a 15 year old going to be able to support your business yes (laughs) right not long and 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 society yeah society's gonna be like well you know even if they don't care about the 15 year olders being drunk they're like even if they don't care that you're serving 15 year olds they don't want to be around 15 year olders right exactly no yeah guys and it's young guys and young girls trying to hook up you know, right. or got, whatever. Exactly. You've got restaurants telling people not to bring their kids with them because they're loud. But you're telling me that if it wasn't illegal to sell, <laughs> you know, heroin to a five-year-old, everyone would be doing it. You it's, know, it's, it's, yeah. I, I can tell you right now, all the crack houses are going to have signs saying, please don't bring your children because they're loud. Exactly. Right. Obviously. Exactly. Yeah. All, all of the opium dens out there don't need screaming, whining children <laughs> right. ruining the high. Like, exactly. exactly. When and you're it's... trying to, like, numb yourself 
with pure tar heroin, the last thing you want is for um, your toddler to uh, wake someone up. My wife's calling. I got to go. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay. All right, <laughs> Thanks for calling, Spike. Oh, you know, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> but right, I mean, he he is 100 percent correct. Like you don't when you're getting your high on and you're having a great time, you don't need a toddler sitting there going, "When do we get home? When do we when do we go home? When do we get home? Are we there yet? I'm hungry. Can I play on the tablet? No, just shoot your heroin and be happy, you little bastard." My God, that joke was gold, and you just were so lost in. I heard, I heard it. No, no, I heard it. I heard it. No, it's it's like I said, it's two things. It's low hanging fruit from the leftists, and or I'll actually say the statists because conservatives feel the same way. Uh, so it's low hanging fruit from statists, and some libertarians are com- especially anarchists. Like uh, they get on my nerves. My people. Don't know how to talk about this stuff. No. And they'll just say, yes, they should. And it's like, oh, my God, man. No. (laughs) Right. People just don't seem to understand that. It's like, oh, no, we need a law to make sure five-year-olds can't buy heroin. No heroin dealer is going to sell to a five-year-old. Like, what is the overdose rate of a five-year-old going to be? Like, you're going to get one good sale out of that guy. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, like, where's a five year old going to get money from? Right. <laughs> I mean, granted, heroin's not all that expensive, but at the same time, it's like the five year old's still going to have to get the money. Yeah. And then to continue getting the money. Right. And, you know, find a heroin dealer. Yeah. Where's a five year old going to find a heroin dealer? Yeah. And I don't know, man. The other thing is, too, look. Everybody everywhere, no matter what they're doing, we're all human. And there are certain things that most people would agree with. I think drug dealers might not sell to five-year-olds. I don't think they would. Because that's wrong. That's my honest opinion. I, I really don't think they would. It's like... They would be like, no, this could be my kid. No, this could be my niece, my nephew, whatever. Right. You know, like, I don't think they would. No. I mean, they might get, according to Breaking Bad, they'll get kids to sell the drugs for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't think they'll actually sell. Well, teeth. I don't think Breaking Bad. Are we talking about the kid? The kid? The kid on the bicycle? Yeah. Well, he wasn't really selling, was he? We, that's what he ended up doing later. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. 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 Great he, show. Watch it if you haven't. Yeah. Great show. I'm in the middle of I'm almost done with it again. Yeah. I love that show. Uh, but yeah, there's a scene in there where uh, Walt, I don't remember what brought it on, but Walt just kind of goes, personally, I blame the government. And I went, yeah. Me too, Walt. <laughs> me too. Yeah. He's had some pretty good lines in there. Yeah. Um, then he turns into just a, just a dirty bastard. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, we, we hit our hour. Good. Let's Re- keep going. You want to keep going? All right. Eh, for a little bit longer. I was going to say, you're the guest, so you get to pick. There's only been a few times where I've been like, no, let's just end it. Uh, I'm trying to get Shauna to call in, but she's not. But uh, Brian's been wanting to call in, and Brian, if the, you want number, to join the us, The number is posted in the comments. Yeah, no, he saw it. He okay. saw it. The number is posted in the comments if anybody wants to call in. Um you just have to come up with a topic to talk about. <laughs> um, 
Um, anyways, we're just talking about a bunch of random things anyways. Yeah, just whatever and, random thing comes up. Yeah, the you know, the other night at Low Tide, uh, Macy played A Holy Night, and it brought my inner Christmas out. Oh, my God. Such a good song. I didn't think you celebrated. I'm Christmas. about to get on my knees and hear the angels. I thought you celebrated like Ramadan or something. Why do people think Ramadan is like Christmas? Because it's the only Muslim holiday I know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard holiday where you... It's not a holiday, really. It's a month of fasting. <laughs> huh, that's weird because you seem pretty slow during that month. Uh, right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we, cause people always ask if you're listening, no, there is no Islamic, there really isn't an, a winter Islamic holiday similar to Christmas and is that why you guys have no magic? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That magic is haram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had no, like, I obviously I had no idea. Because, one, I'm not Muslim, and you are my only Muslim. I mean, you're not my only Muslim friend, I don't think, but you're the only one that I've ever talked to about it. Yeah. So, like, you know, everything is, Ramadan is every, is the equivalent to every single holiday. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It is is Easter. It is the 4th of July. It is President's Day. It is Christmas. Yep. It is Talk Like a Pirate Day. It is all of it rolled into one. And people don't realize... Uh, the Islamic calendar is lunar, so it moves. Everything everything moves very slowly over the years. Oh. You know, so um, it used to be in like August slash September. Now it's in like July. So, and right now it's really hard to do Ramadan because it's right right in the middle of summer. Like their ability to find civilization. Got it. What? Everything moves slowly, like their ability to find civilization. Who's they? The Muslims. Oh, we've 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 saved civilization. <laughs> I had this argument already with somebody. If it wasn't for the Muslims, Arabs, Muslims, you know, saving the ancient Greek texts and translating them, the West would not have had the Renaissance. I'm just saying that is true, and we can fight about it. <laughs> It's funny I say that as a member of the Islamic Brotherhood. Proud Boys. <laughs> Are you a member of the Proud Boys? Yes. Really? Yep. When did you join the Proud Boys? About a month ago. Really? Yeah. Isn't so, it, that's Gavin McGinnis's thing, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, you aren't offended at all by the fact that he founded Dildo and shoved it up his butt on his live podcast in order to protest Muslims? No. No? I don't care about that. The group has the group very specifically... There are... Hmm, if you're going to be a proud boy, there are a few basic tenets, and they're okay. And the thing is, you know, like three weeks ago... Three, two weeks ago, a bunch of articles came out, uh, started by The Guardian, saying that the FBI was labeling the Proud Boys a hate group. as a hate group. Yep. And I told them that I was out, you know. So I don't care if regular people think it's a racist group. I don't care about that. But if the FBI does, that's that, that changes, that things, changes things a lot, you know. Um, 
But the head of the FBI, it started with an FBI agent, and now the head of FBI came out and said that that is not true. They're not considering it a hate group. And the the funny thing is, the reasoning used on that fake news article is there are members of the Proud Boys that have said some white nationalist, alt-right, white supremacist stuff. But that has nothing to do with the group. That's one member. You know, uh, the Proud Boys, are it's, it's Western chauvinism, you know? So it's like extreme nationalism towards, you know, Western ideology, philosophy, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. I like that. I agree with it. You know, the, I think the West brought uh, the world into this modern life that we all have. Um, I mean, obviously, the West isn't in a vacuum. And there have been a lot of influences from especially the Middle East, but Asia as well. Um, and... I don't discount that, but that's all the group's about. So, an individual members, like, they don't represent the group at all. Um, so, I found out that three, I have three very good friends, one that I've known for f- four years now, okay. that are members of the Proud Boys. Never been racist at all. They're not, they're not racists. And I was like, there has to be something more to this group than I th- than I thought then. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to join. So I joined. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't know anything really about them. They're, they're Gavin McGinnis's group, and I know that they've been getting a lot of flack recently. I didn't look into them because I figured that if I was reading about <laughs> all of the hate and uh, racist stuff that they were doing, it probably meant they probably weren't all that racist. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I hate to have to say it that way, but it's just kind of like, I, no, no, it's it, it's kind of like when you have that one friend, if you know the if they're talking about something, you know, they're it's probably the opposite. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, there, there are definite news sources. There are people out there that we both know and when they start telling me about a news source and they, they're like, did you hear about this? And Trump said this, which means blah, blah, blah. I normally take that and I go, okay, the exact opposite of everything that was just stated happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> everything, exactly. everything else is just the opposite of that. So got it. Okay. And then I'll, you know, do a little bit of research on it. And like, yep. <laughs> Yeah. The exact opposite of everything <laughs> that they just said happened. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. I'm okay with ending the show now. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for coming on. You know, like two years ago, we started doing this, sitting in this exact room, being very awkward and weird. And please don't ever, if you're out there, don't ever listen to season one, episode one. It's really, <laughs> it's just really weird and awkward. Start listening around episode eight. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, like, it is always a pleasure to have you as a part of this show. Um, and you are actually, uh, you're actually going to start coming back as like a uh, 
correspondent for the muddied waters yeah yeah very excited to have you back in some capacity i guess we're gonna have to add you back to the facebook page uh no no i don't want to get those uh you don't want that many notifications i know i i want this to be a really successful page i just don't want to actually get any of the (laughs) notifications for it no you can put me on it (laughs) (laughs) oh but yeah um, Spike, I wanted to call in and talk about the dildo thing. We talked about the dildo thing. He wasn't, he didn't care. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it is always great to have you. And, um, you know, just anytime that you want to come on, just let us know. We just have to rebuild some stuff so that way we can make all that work again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything you want to say before, uh, before we uh, head out? No. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Muddied Waters of Freedom. You can follow us on the YouTube by searching Muddied Waters Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Muddied underscore Waters, on Instagram at Muddied Waters of Freedom. And you can find this and every episode at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. Now get back to writing because that is the biggest way that we can make a difference. Hey.